Hey family, it's Pastor Travis and I am so excited about this week's message. Listen, you need to turn up your phone, your car, however you're listening because it's about to go down. I pray today you are inspired and that your faith is increased. If you want to partner with the awesome vision of Forward City Church, go now to forwardcity.tv slash give to get involved. Hey, I love you. Remember your past is gone, your future is waiting. So prepare to move forward. Let's start at verse 3. We're going to read a lot because some of y'all didn't read your Bible this week, all right? So we're going to cover it right now. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire, their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men watched the Bible, wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured. I don't know how he had two. Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. They're planning his execution as if he's not facing enough. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephah. Abiathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly, woo, just tell somebody, it's certain. It's a certain victory. He said, you will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. David and the 600 men with him came to Bizar Valley where, where some stayed behind. 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley. But David and the other 400 continued to pursue. They found an Egyptian in a field and brought him to David. They gave him water to drink and food to eat. Part of a cake and pressed figs and two cakes of raisins. My God, to me it's so random that the Bible is this descriptive about a meal to a slave. Maybe it's trying to tell us how overboard David went. He ate and was revived. For he had not eaten any food or drunk any water for three days and three nights. David asked him, who do you belong to? Where do you come from? He said, I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite. My master abandoned me when I became ill three days ago. We raided the Negev of the Carathites, some territory belonging to Judah, and the Negev of Caleb. And we burned Ziklag. <laughs> we did it. David asked him, can you lead me down to this raiding party? He answered, Yo, I got you, but, but first, cuz, you're going to have to swear to me before your God that you ain't going to kill me and you won't give me back. And I'll take you down to him. He led David down, and there they were, scattered over the countryside, eating, drinking, reveling because of the great amount of plunder they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. David fought them from dusk until evening. That's a long fight of the next day. <laughs> None of them got away, except 400 young men. They rode off on camels and fled. David, be careful right here, recovered some stuff. David recovered everything. That's how I want to say it today. Er, I'm getting back everything. I, everything he stole, everything he tampered with, everything he polluted, I'm getting back every. The Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. He got them back too. Both of them. Nothing was missing. Young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else. They had taken. David brought everything back. Somebody shout, I'm getting everything. I'm going to reread verse 9 and 10 because that's where we're going to park today. 
David and the 600 men with him came to Bezor Valley, where some stayed behind. 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley. But David and the other 400 continued to pursue. I'm going to preach a message today. I'm telling you, this thing is burning in me. Simply called, this is for the dropouts. Touch three people and tell them, this is for the dropouts. Lord Jesus, breathe on your word. We're here for you. We give you all the glory. Change, heal, deliver, set free. Do what you do in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. If you're excited about the word of God, give them a praise on your way down to your seat. Yeah. Y'all, let me say, let me say happy graduation to all of the graduates. Come on, anybody graduating? It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Graduation is a big, big deal. I have the privilege next week, I've been invited to be the keynote speaker at my alma mater, Georgia Southern University, at their graduation. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. 16 years later, they're like, yo, we want you to come back. I'm going to get up there and just start speaking in tongues. Every... <laughs> start prophesying. Stand up. Um, no, I'm excited about it. I love, I love celebrating people uh, when they arrive to... to uh, 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 overcoming something when they arrive to a destination that took so much striving and took so much effort. I'm talking about the late night studying. Come on, man. I'm talking about like going to study hall and, and being up all night and doing and, and all the exams. Don't you hate? Man, I don't miss. If I never saw another Scantron in my life. <laughs> you ever took a test and you try to bring God into the test? <laughs> And you're like, this multiple choice. Lord, wherever my finger may lay. <laughs> C is for Christ. I'm going with C. C is for... <laughs> Yo, it's a big deal. I I'm super proud of everybody who's graduating, but this message is not for you. This is for the dropouts. We're going to celebrate you. Your time coming. You're going to get your cake and ice cream. You're going to... Move your little tassel to the other side. I still don't understand that. Throw your little hat up, all of that stuff. We'll cry with you, take pictures. But this one is for the dropouts. Now, what's, what's, what's interesting about the message today is that it didn't start like that. The message today actually started. The only reason I went to 1 Samuel 30 is because I wanted to reread the verse and the whole chapter about how David strengthened himself. Strengthened himself. Isn't that powerful? King James Version says it a little better. It says that David encouraged himself. Woo, I love that. I mean, you got to have some God in you to be facing something this traumatic and have the ability to encourage yourself. He didn't wait on someone else to encourage him. He reached deep down into a well that had been formed by life before. See, he's already been through enough. He knew where to go back to in order to get something to make it through what he was facing. I get asked oftentimes from up-and-coming artists or people who are inspiring to do music, and they always have, they ask me, they say, hey, hey, Travis, I got a question. Like, how do I get started? Like, I, I want to be a singer. How, how do I get started? I have the same answer, and it'll actually be a lot surprising for you. My answer is always learn how to produce. That's really the key. Don't, don't worry about singing. That's the easy part. Man, go to YouTube, learn production, learn music software. You may be wondering, I don't understand this, this philosophical approach. Why, why would you tell them that? That has nothing to do with singing. It has everything to do with singing. I tell them this because they have to understand, if you know how to do it yourself, you become a force. Can't nobody rip you off when you know as much as they know. Not only that, the reason why I learned how to produce is because I don't have time to wait on someone else's availability in order for me to put out something that I'm inspired by. I have to be able at any given moment to pick up an instrument and a computer and at least get a demo of what I hear in my spirit. I can't wait on you. Here's David. What made David such a force is that he didn't have to wait on church to have church. <laughs> 
He didn't have to wait for the doors to be open to give God a worship, to give God a He didn't need a band. Thank y'all so much. Y'all so swaggy. Look at you, Sean. You got on your little shirt opened up, trying to get you a catch here in the house of God. David didn't need a band. He didn't need a keyboard. He didn't need a drum. He didn't need a worship leader telling him to lift his hands. David had been with God enough that he learned to produce his own worship. He learned that it doesn't matter if I'm in the mountain or in the valley, in the hospital, or, or it doesn't matter where I'm at in my life, in a courtroom. It doesn't matter what jam I'm in. It doesn't matter what delay I'm facing. It doesn't matter what the doctor say to me. David had enough God in him that he had made a decision, watch this, before the battle. So you got to decide before you face whatever you're going to face that I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth. David was a force to be reckoned with. It was a whole move all by himself. See, if 2020 taught us anything, it taught us, man. See, when you got kicked out of church, (laughs) it exposed who actually had the church in them. And I'm a church boy. Trust me, I love church. My wife will tell you, I love if it's church or the beach, it's church. I just love church. But I can't love church more than I love his presence. And the problem with so many believers is that our connection with God is reserved to the four walls of this building. I love my wife. I mean, I love my wife. But legally, there's only so much I can do with her in public. And because of that limitation, if my intimacy was only reserved for public, we wouldn't have any kids. You missing a revelation. You too nasty to even catch what I'm dropping right now. Some of y'all lack production in your life because the only time you touch the hem of his garment is when a choir is leading you somewhere. Your only relationship with God is PDA. But God is looking for some people that will get in your closet and say, I don't need a bed. I don't need a tr- I don't need lights. I don't need lyrics. When I think about the goodness of Jesus, I can make a connection with him in my car. You ain't talking to me. I can make a connection with him in my room, in my office, at the school, in the cafeteria. All I need to do is think about how he brought me out. Think about the ways he's made. And my hands automatically go up. David had a real relationship. Come on, tell somebody, I want the real thing. I want, I want the real thing. I want the real thing. You don't want to date nobody who ashamed of you in public. I want the real thing. I want the real thing. Here's David. David had such a rich relationship in private that it showed up in public. His public affection was just an overflow of what they really had. And I know... David was a force because Ziklag was burned to the ground. So you got to understand something about Ziklag. This was David's city. It was gifted to him by King Achish, the same king a few chapters before. Y'all, I got so much into this. I just, I was on a plane. I read the whole, I just, all of 1 Samuel. Just read. I'm like, oh my God, all this stuff is connected. I didn't recognize Christian. This is the same king that David was foaming at the mouth at and crazy in front of. The same king. This is the same king when he got the sword. Remember Goliath's sword? I preached about it before. And he went to the priest and the priest gave him a sword and gave him consecrated bread. And he went and acted crazy. The priest's son it's a Beathar. The priest's whole family, 85 of them, were executed because he helped David that day. The only one who made it out was the priest's son, but he made it out with an ephod. I got to get up out of this right here. He made it out with something that could sustain him in the next season. Ooh-wee, you might have been a fugitive from what happened to you yesterday, but you didn't come out empty-handed. As long as you got prayer, as long as you know how to get into his presence, you got something. And now here is the son connecting with David, who now makes a connection with the king he was once running from. 
Somehow him and the king become boys. The king loves him. A Philistine king loves him. He says, David, I'm going to give you Ziklag. This is David's block. This was the first time he had any stability in 13 years. David was on a run from Saul, his old mentor, that was trying to kill him. And David had every right and every reason and every opportunity to take his life. But David was a man of integrity. And David said, I dare not put my hands or my mouth on God's anointed one. I don't care how flawed he is. He still had been anointed by God. He's on the run as a fugitive. It's unfair. It's no justice in it. It's not right. But he's on the run for 13 years. And finally, he's given this land Ziklag for 16 months. He's the governor of Ziklag. It's a practice run from him. He gets to feel what it feels like to be a king. You got to understand that when he was a teenager, Samuel showed up to his house. David didn't ask for the anointing. The anointing asked for him. Samuel showed up to his house, took him from the back of the line into an uninvited party, poured oil on him that wouldn't fall on nobody else. Why? Because the oil is only reserved for the one who's called to it. The organ poured on David. He told David as a teenager, hey, man, I know you smell like sheep right now, but you're going to be a king. David like, who, me? He said, yeah, you. And now 13 years later, he's been on the run with this word of God on the inside of him. Now it's an overgrown baby. He feel like I was supposed to give birth to this 12 years ago, but I'm still carrying something. And it's nothing worse than being pregnant. The only thing. Worse than being pregnant is being pregnant overdue. Here's David. He's overdue. He's carrying his 13 years. But finally, he gets a glimmer of hope, a beacon of light. He gets a practice run, and it's called Ziklag. He shows up to Ziklag every day, and he loves Ziklag. It ain't Israel. It ain't Judah. It ain't the promise, but it's close enough. At least I have stability. David is used to sleeping in caves. He's used to running and hiding. You got to read 1 Samuel. You can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. He's used to running from Saul. The Bible talks about in one chapter how Saul is on one side of the mountain, David's on the other side, and they're just going ring around the rosy. They're just running away, but now the king gives him Ziklag. He got Ziklag. He got Ziklag. It ain't everything, but it's something. It, it, ain't, it ain't the mansion, but it's a trailer. It ain't the Lexus. I don't know what car you got, so I don't want to. <laughs> Somebody like, I thought my car was nice. It's Ziklag. <laughs> he had something, but he returns with 600 men, and the only thing that he ever had is now burnt to the ground, totally destroyed. That's enough to make somebody go cray, cray. But that's not all. His kids go. Both his wives, they could have left one. Both his wives go. And now he has the answer to 600 men. I asked the Bible questions. I said, Lord, you know, God doesn't cause all things, but he uses all things. That's good enough to write down. He's a God enough to use what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. He's a God enough to cause all things to work together. So I said, why, would, why did Ziglag have to be burned down? They could have took the kids. They could have took the women. I get that. But burn the man's little kingdom down. He said, Travis, you can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. Matt, this is a bomb. Not everybody going to get it, and that's cool. It's going to be 20 people. This thing about to hit you in your right rib. Wait, that's this side. Listen. <laughs> Do you want to know why Ziglag was burnt down? Oh, this side I don't want to know. Come on. Y'all want to know? All right, y'all don't tell them. Y'all don't tell them. Y'all don't. Shh. Lean this way. Shh. No, 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 no. You had your chance. <laughs> Ziglag was burnt down because King Saul died the next day. And sometimes, got to burn down somewhere you're comfortable in. Because it was just a practice run. Sometimes, got to allow a relationship to burn down. Because it was just a practice run. Sometimes, got to allow a job to burn down. 
Because David, you would have never walked away from it. I'm going to give you 20 seconds to, to praise God for burning some stuff down. You didn't ask for it. You didn't want it. It didn't feel good to you, but it was good. Thank you. I would have never ended that, but he burnt it. I would have never walked away from that, but he burnt it. I would have never gave my two weeks notice, but he burnt it. I would have never left that city, but he burnt it. I would have never left that school, but he burnt it. Y'all sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. God knows that you enjoy comfort. And sometimes the enemy of your calling is the comfort that you're enjoying. Sometimes the enemy of your calling is the comfort you're enjoying. And sometimes you're so used, I'm talking to you in the balcony, you're so used to dysfunction that you become comfortable in it. <laughs> you don't know it's abuse until you get out of it. And so while David was away, God burned it. My God. I really can just stop and go home. But I won't because I got so much more to say. He burnt David's little kingdom down. And now there's 600 men that the Bible says they cried so hard that they have no strength left. The Bible says... They are literally screaming, crying. Why? Because my daughter gone. That's my baby girl. She's 15 years old and she's been saving herself for marriage. And I taught her right. And I don't know what they're doing to my daughter. They're crying because my little boy is gone. He just learned how to ride a bike, and I told him, Daddy's going to battle, but he's coming back, and we're going to play catch. And I don't know. what He's too young to have chains on him. He's too young to be restricted. He's only five, and freedom was snatched from him. These men are screaming, crying. And like many of us, their grief shifts to anger. Somebody got to pay. <laughs> so, somebody going to pay. The same men who the Bible says in 1 Samuel 22, verse 2, came running to David, distressed, in debt, depressed. They ran to David for rescue, but now they're blaming him for something that was out of his control. And they're planning his execution. See, when you read about being stoned, that don't really mean nothing to you. Unless you've been stoned before. But that ain't what the Bible's talking about. You see, it's to you, it's just rocks. To David, they were literally loading up guns. See, you ain't from the hood like me. See, in the hood, I ain't from the hood. I'm from the suburbs. I had my own bathroom since I was five. Two-car garage. I don't know nothing about street life. <laughs> I'm privileged. <laughs> but these guys are loading up their guns. Coming after David. And it's in this climate. It's in this situation with everyone grieving and now they're planning his assassination that David encourages himself in the Lord. He encourages himself in the Lord. He encourages himself in the Lord. I asked the Bible questions. I said, well, why did he encourage himself? Crystal said it earlier, because praise 
was his weapon. And the enemy, catch this if you're a note taker, he receives our silence as praise to him. When you don't say something to God, you're saying something to the devil. Oh, Maddie, did you catch that? You're telling the devil, what you're doing against me is working. You're telling the devil that, that yeah, yeah, I am depressed, and yeah, I, and yeah, I am guilty. And you're telling the devil, yeah, I'm not worthy to open up my mouth. See, the devil loves when you're intimidated enough to be quiet on God. But I came to two knots roll. To encourage about 20 people and tell you, you about to get your song back. You about to get your praise back. You about to get your worship back. You about to be louder and more potent than ever before. And here's David. He asks. He starts encouraging himself. But here's why David was cut a little different. Watch this, CJ. He didn't just encourage himself. The Bible has a nerve. To say, he inquired of the Lord. And I don't mean nothing to you, but that means everything to me. Because if I showed up at my house at 123 Winsboro Road, just made that address up. Some of y'all wrote it down. You're creepy. <laughs> I had to change my name on DoorDash because people would deliver food like, PT! To my house and Jace, Josh, Judah, and Dr. Jackie was gone. I might not I, I may not know how to use the gun. But I got one to try. What you don't want is me practicing on you. That's gonna be some kind of target practice. Just pop up. If my wife and kids are gone, my instinct is not going to be to ask God nothing. You hear me for it? My instinct is going to kick in for me to protect and reclaim what rightfully belongs to me. But David was cut a little different. David said, David said, I may have a reason to do it, but that doesn't mean I have permission. You're so anointed, but do you have the patience and the spiritual maturity to ask God for permission? Just because you can do it, doesn't mean you're called to do it. And there are frustrated Christians because your gift isn't operating because you're doing something that you can do. But maybe you're just not called to do in this season. So although I could do this, God, what do you want me to do? He refused to move without a word from God. It's his kids. It's both his wives. The black one, the white one, both of them. <laughs> and he said, I may have a reason, but it doesn't mean I have permission. I'm not going to allow my talents to rule my life. I'm a fighter. But that doesn't mean I'm called to this mission. And this leads us, ladies and gentlemen, to our text. That was the introduction. You ready to work now? The Bible says in verse 10, 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley. But David and the other 400 continued to pursue. They continued to pursue. Verse 10 says there were 200 dropouts. <laughs> I was wondering because I know me 
if a third of my squad walked away, it's a lot of people. That's me doing one, two, three, one, two, three, and all the threes walking away right before we go to battle. If I inquire to you about the battle, I'm going to come back. I'm going to say, now, now, God, 200 left. Let's talk about this one more time. <laughs> David never prayed about it again. Ooh, Blair, you're going to like this one. This is strong. David didn't go back and say, God, should I do it? Why didn't David ask him again? Because when God told him the first time, he knew 200 would walk away. I didn't come to preach to everybody. I didn't come to preach to everybody. Hear me. When God gave you the yes, he knew who would give you the no. When God told you to go, he knew who didn't have the capacity to go with you already. And it didn't stop them from calling you. This ain't for everybody. Give me 50 people who know you serve a God that when he gives you a word, he is sure about the word. I am confident in this, that he who has begun a good work is faithful to complete it. He gave him the word knowing the future limitation. I can literally go to Cracker Barrel right now, but I'm not done. Did you hear what I just said? He gave him the word, knowing the future limitation. Good God Almighty. He didn't make a mistake when he gave you the call. Oh, you thought because you got four kids before marriage that you're disqualified. He gave you the word before the limitation ever showed up. And he's so omega, is this helping anybody? That when he spoke in the beginning, he knew the outcome already. And he knew you had enough in you, David, to still do what I called you to do, even though people didn't go with you. Don't give me everybody. Just give me 50 people and a 12-year-old who are grateful you serve a God who has enough power to carry you in every word and every season. It doesn't matter who leaves me. It doesn't matter what I can afford. It doesn't matter what information I don't know. I got a Holy Spirit. That means I got the majority. That means I got the advantage before I ever have a problem. He gave him the word. Knowing the limit. Quit telling God what you don't have, Micah. Moses. Well, God, clearly, you're not calling me to be your mouthpiece because my mouth don't even work right. I got to leave this alone. I got to leave this alone. What if David, and I'm going to give you a praise break because I'm about to lose my cool. What if, 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 it was your future limitation that actually attracted the word from God. Because in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. You got 20 seconds to bless the God who called you knowing. He said, you're not limited because I'm in you. And if I'm with you, I'm more than a world. Who can stand before wasn't guessing good God he wasn't guessing when he gave you that word he wasn't like uh, I really hope this work out it was like child I've been given words longer than mankind ever existed before Adam even showed up I gave a word and it's still working the sun's still shining the wind's still blowing the sea still has limitations I am God He has never and will never guess. He doesn't have a wish list. He's God. He's sovereign. He's in control. And when he said it, 
It was already done according to him. Uh-uh. Heaven's just waiting on you to see what already exists. This ain't for everybody. Give me 100 people that are praise God because everything that God said is already already done. Already done. He knew who would roll with him. He knew who would roll with him. Just because, David, God graced you and called you to do something doesn't mean that everyone around you has the same grace or the same strength for the journey. It's for the dropouts. Verse 10, 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley. The valley, 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 the valley. How are you too tired to cross a valley? Because valleys only exist in between mountains or hills. So you had enough strength to cross the mountain. You had enough strength to be with me when I was on top. You can hang with your boy as long as I was paying for everything. But now that I'm in my valley season, you don't got enough strength to stick it out with your boy. I need some folks in this next season who can get muddy with me, who will get in the mud with me. I don't just need you to have my back when we cutting sirloins at Rich Carlton. I need you to be with me when we dipping nuggets at McDonald's. That's why I love my wife. I got a woman who's been riding with me through the mud. I need some people that'll get in the mud. See, I'm about to help somebody. I'm about to help somebody. You waiting to fall in love when both of y'all on the mountain. That ain't real love. I need to know how we get down when we ain't got nothing. My wife had my back in front of 20 teenagers. I'm up there just singing, jumping around, 20 of them. 20 of them. 19 of them was 20 of them. <laughs> and this girl would come, travel with me, her and Keisha, that's why Keisha, Keisha been in the mud with me. See, this is the reason why you want muddy people with you. It's because if folks only know you from the mountain, they shock when they see your humanity. See, ever have a bad day? Keisha like, oh, I done known him for 15 years. He'll be back. He all right. My wife was in the mud with me, man. She'll work that product table selling them CDs and let women flirt with me as long as they bought a CD. I'll be uncomfortable. They'll be taking a picture, rubbing my hair. She'll be like, say cheese. <laughs> Buy two, get one half off. <laughs> so you need somebody secure like that who will ride with you in the mud. My car breaking down. She said, it's all right, baby. We won't always be like this. We getting junior bacon cheeseburgers, cutting them up and putting A1 sauce on them, acting like we at a fancy restaurant. She said, it's all right, boy. Pick up your head. I got your back. If I got to work to help us get through it, I got your back because I know you got vision. And your wallet ain't got to be thick if you got a real thick vision in your heart. You need some folks with you that'll rock with you in the mud. They said, bro, man, bro, man from the fifth floor, we too tired for the valley. How you too tired for the valley? How you too tired for the valley? And as I was praying and studying it, the Lord told me to prophesy that God's about to send you some folks who ain't scared of the mud. I got my little brother on sound back there. He been rocking with me. We from the mud, baby. God about to send you some people who ain't afraid to get a little messy, who ain't afraid to get a little muddy. And say, so I'll grind it out with you. I'll stand in the unemployment line with you. I'll pray you through this storm. I will get muddy with you.
And that's the problem with churches. There's too many folks that's faking like they clean. There's too many people acting like you got it all together. I need some people that look me in my eye and say, I know what it felt like to be horny too. I'm I need some folks that be real with me and say, nobody even know this, but my 25-year-old don't belong to the same man I'm married with. I need some people that look at me and let me know that I'm not crazy and I'm not disqualified because I got a valley season in my, are there any money people in the room? There's 200 dropouts. There's 200 dropouts. Forest City is for muddy people, man. It's for people who either walk through a valley or are currently in a valley. I don't need folks that's going to look down on other people because they got a bad season. I don't, just because she's wearing that skirt, child, you should wear one tighter than that two years ago. Don't be judging nobody. I need folks that'll say you still got value and purpose on your life. We forget so fast. You're so clean that you forgot how nasty you used to be. <laughs> you forgot. You forgot. It's somebody out there that didn't forget. And you better hope they got enough Holy Ghost not to expose. Uh-uh. See? See, 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 see. You done moved on from that first year of marriage. It's been 30 years, but somebody remember what you did the night before you said, I do. <laughs> 200 dropouts. 200 dropouts. 200 dropouts. They could see the victory in the future. It was, it was within reach, but they just chose not to fight anymore. Dropouts. You thought you'd spend the rest of your life together. But I do eventually became, I can't anymore. Dropouts. You, 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 thought, you, thought, that, you thought that you were going to show up for that child and it was going to be different. I'm going to make it to every game. I'm going to be there for that, for that one right there. But you and the baby mama don't get along. So you saying child support, but you're not really supportive. Drop out. The conference has you excited, man. You was like, I'm going to do it. Dog, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start this business. And you jumped out there on the water, and them sales didn't add up to them bills. Drop out. Drop out. 200 drop outs. Now, Red. First time you're 30. I read it honestly just to refresh my memory about why David encouraged himself. And thought, God showed me the dropouts in this story that I never considered before. And if I'm honest, I'm not very empathetic towards dropouts. It's not my nature. I was telling somebody on the plane yesterday, I feel like I was made in the 1960s because I got this like blue collar Get down in the mud, be loyal, back your word up, show up. That's just kind of my makeup. That's who I am. I believe you're supposed to finish. But then God set me down and he said, Travis, read it again. And he said, this time you're going to see what I see. So I read verse 10 again because you can't just read the Bible. 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley. Now, you got to understand, this wasn't just any valley. Verse 9 said it was Bazaar Valley, Bazaar Valley. What this word Bazaar means, actually, in the Hebrew, it means cheerful. They quit in a happy place. God said they didn't drop out because they were depressed, Travis. They dropped out because they were depleted. It wasn't that they didn't want to fight anymore. It's that they were actually too tired to fight. Last night, last night, we got done singing, and I was able to go to the hotel to refresh a little bit, and that's when I started before the flight, and I started studying a little more about this, and, and I turned the TV on. Sometimes, I'm, I don't know, I'm like, I'm 
almost ADD. But like sometimes I just I need other stuff going on around me. So I just turn the TV on. I had a volume down. I just like this something gotta be happening. I can't just be here in the dark, just me, just feel weird. Just open the blinds, turn the TV on. And like any man, I put the TV on. The young and the restless. I'm kidding. Put on ESPN. It was fight night, UFC. I was like, ooh. It was exciting. Kind of barbaric, but exciting. And I'm studying, and I'm looking up. And I'm studying, and I'm looking up. I looked at the beginning of the fight. The men out there, they dapped each other up. <laughs> Am I doing the right Elijah? Is that what y'all be doing? <laughs> I mean, they're energetic. A true story. And I looked down, working on my notes. About three minutes later, I look up, and the same man. Grabbing each other, holding each other. I mean, them swings was like nothing. I was like, there's no way that can hurt that man. Both of them. They were, it, it wasn't that they didn't want to fight. They were exhausted. <laughs> they didn't lack determination, they just lacked energy. And Travis, maybe you've been casting judgment on people who dropped out of your life not really understanding what contributed to their fatigue. Hey, bruh, maybe it wasn't personal after all. I've had mentors tell me this. Melly, they said, they said, Travis, the one thing to be careful with is that most people think that great men fall because of pride. It's not it. Because of lust, that ain't it. I'm like, really? Because of greed, that ain't it. Really? Those are the three things that make everybody fall. I said, no, 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 no. Most great men and women of God drop out due to fatigue. <laughs> Progressive fatigue. See, Travis, what you didn't know is that it took 55 miles for them to get back to Ziklag. And the Bible says they cried so hard that their strength left them. So they had both physical fatigue and emotional fatigue. So when they got over the mountain, the last mountain, they had nothing left. They weren't bad men. They just didn't have anything left to give. This is about to free somebody. I hope you're picking up what I'm dropping. He said, Travis, the best thing they could have did for David was to be honest. Because taking tired people into battle was a liability. I'd rather you drop out in the valley than drop out on the battlefield. Somebody just in this shout, I forgive you. 200 dropped out. 200 dropped out. Verse 11. Verse 11, it's the next verse, y'all. It's the next verse, which tells me it's probably minutes later. It's the very next verse 11. 200 drop out. We too tired, bro. We can't go through the valley. The next verse says that they found an Egyptian in the field. <laughs> they found, verse 11, an Egyptian in the field. They gave him water. Gave him food, and he was all right. I said, well, Lord, clearly, if you're going to tell us all the stuff the man ate, the Debbie Cates and all this stuff, that there was a purpose for his story. The Egyptian was left in the field, catch this, Daniel, because he was sick. He was no longer useful to those who had him bound once his issue was exposed. He helped them destroy Ziklag. He said, we burned it. He fought with his master. But the moment it got out that he had something going on in him, he was of no value anymore. God says, be careful how you treat sick people. 
And God always has a ram in the bush. I'm about to run. I'm about to run. Before David could even complain about the 200, God sent one. Did you hit? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? God always got one waiting for you when others walk away. And you don't need everybody to like you. You just need the right one. I need somebody to shout, I got the right one. I got the right one. Now watch your Bible. The Egyptian did more for David than the 200 tired could ever do. He fed the sick man. The sick man gets restored. And then David says, well, now since you're feeling better, bro, could you point me in the direction of the ones who left you to die? How y'all do that dance? Can you point? I used to be able to dance in the 90s. I ain't no lie. I used to be able to do it. I can't do the new stuff. Can you point me in the direction? <laughs> he says, he says, he says, he said, the Egyptian said, hey, bro. Hey, bro. I got you, dog. But you're going to have to make me a promise, though. Not only do I not want you to kill me, but I don't want you to give me back. He said, I'll help you, but then I got to stick with you. Promise me that you won't make me go back to people who only valued me when I looked like I had it all together. David said, oh, you went the right, I know what it feels like to have people that rock with you on the mountain and leave you high and dry in the valley. He said, you're on the right team. Watch the Bible. The Egyptian gets restored from a little Popeye's biscuit. Little sweet tea. He from Egypt. He black. He said, cuz, I'm gonna eat Popeye biscuit. Sweet tea, all the way sweet. <laughs> he gets restored, watch the Bible, and then he leads them to restoration. That's why you gotta be careful how you treat sick people, because you never know who you're gonna need in your next season. Uh, I might be broke today, but I might be the one to give you a loan tomorrow. Be careful how you treat me. I may not have much today, but you're going to need my whip tomorrow. The same man that was no good for his master is the man who leads an army into victory. Now watch the Bible. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. It's for the dropouts for the dropout. Say that with me. It's for the dropouts. I'm done right here. You know there's a twist. Here's the twist. Verse 21. I didn't read it to you earlier because I wanted to save it for right now because it probably ain't but two people in here that know the next part of the story. So the rest of y'all, it's going to bless you. Are you ready? You ready online? Check this out. Then David came to the 200 men. This is after they recovered everything. He came back to the 200 men who had been too exhausted to follow him and who were left behind at the cheerful valley. They came out to meet David and the men with him. As David and his men approached, he asked them how they were. Can you imagine that? Wait a minute. You got to see this, y'all. You got to see this. Here comes David. He got both his wives, Linda and Lucia. He got both his wives. He got his kids. He left the 200 empty-handed. But now he in a Ferrari. He stopped, rolled the window down. 
He put the button. He used to do this. Now he's doing this. He said, these chairs is electric. Hello. He said, how y'all, how y'all doing? When you come back to the people who left you, it back here how you doing watch David but David ain't petty like me cuz watch verse 22 but all the evil men and troublemakers amongst David's followers said because they did not go out with us we would not share with them the plunder we recovered however they can have their wife and their children and go what's interesting here's a twist if I was making an assumption, if I had written the Bible, <laughs> if I was assuming anything about this text, my assumption, I was setting you up the whole time. You didn't even know it. My assumption would be that the 400 who went were more righteous than the 200 who were more tired. But there's some people that are rock with you in the mud, but still have impure motives. Because there's some people who rocking with you who actually like dysfunction. You got people around you who like being broke. You, like, you got people around who, who like being stressed. You ever try to hook up with somebody and they like to argue? It was sexy to them to scream? Ooh, call me that again. Child, that's weird. But there's some people who are so conditioned for mud, then that's the only place they want to be. I need people who will rock with me through it, not be satisfied staying in it. And he got people who went and fought with him that the Bible says explicitly were evil. There were evil men among him. The Bible said there were troublemakers. I said, perhaps some of these men were the same ones the day before that were loading up the guns to kill David. You thought they had your back, but they was actually aiming at your back. So now here's David. Here's David in verse 23. He speaks up for the dropouts. He said, no, my brothers, you must not do you must not do that with what? Check this out. Underline it. Highlight it with lipstick. Don't you do that with what the Lord has given us. Ah, I didn't give myself this promotion. The Lord did it. I didn't give myself this car. The Lord did it. I didn't give myself this marriage. The Lord did it. I didn't give myself this checkbook. The Lord did it. And I dare not be selfish with something I didn't earn for myself. He says he protected us. He delivered us into the hands. He delivered into our hands the raiding party that came against us. Ain't this funny? The men are putting more value in possessions and overlooking the miracle. The miracle is that you won. And your enemy was defeated. But that's not enough for the brother that stayed home. He wanted the prodigal son to pay for not being a part of it. You say, who will listen to what you say? The share of the man who stayed with the supplies is to be the same as that of him who went to battle. All would share alike. He says, cuz, 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 cuz. You think because they didn't fight that they don't have any value. You say, who you think was watching the supplies while we were fighting? And David's probably like, I probably would rock with y'all, but I just met a man who was left away from battle, who still had value on his life. Watch the Bible. Verse 25, David made this a statue, an ordinance for Israel from that day to this. He said, it's law now that the diploma belongs to those who finish and those who drop out. 
He said, everybody going to get blessed. Now, for my religious people, I know this is uncomfortable because it's a little uncomfortable for me as well. But this is the message of grace. That it belongs to the virgin and the prostitute. The purpose of the church is to fight for those who can't fight for themselves. And many of us 